Hey guys, it's Greco. It's been about two weeks since that last episode. It was really hard to edit, um, but we've got it done. Here it is. I told you in that last episode, if you have not seen Dragula Season 3 to give it a look, that still stands. So if you haven't yet watched Dragula Season 3, spoiler warning, content warning, everything warning on this episode. <laughs> but if you have not checked out Dracula Season 3, feel free to skip this episode if you need to. More announcements and things are going to come after that interview. One more note that I have to make is that there is a little bit of noise from me getting adjusted during the interview, as well as Louisiana's cat going insane. But that's okay, because I also live for the anarchy. We'll now start off with me making the journey of getting lost and trying to find my way to the Mother of Darkness. Hope you enjoy it. Love ya. place is inside Pandora's fucking box. And apparently right next to the loudest fucking vehicles you will ever hear in your life. Jesus Christ. I swear to God if I eat shit on one of these fucking stairs. Do you know where, like, or something might be? That's where I live. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, like, close to there. <laughs> um, like, right back here and... Okay. Back. Awesome. <laughs> I would say the one number <laughs> that's, like, yours. You said down here in the... Okay, thank you. This really is some fucking sorcery. I smell marijuana, so I feel like I'm getting closer. But drag queens don't smoke weed, so I might be wrong. Everybody knows drag queens don't smoke weed. Here we go. And yes, the smell is even stronger. This is Ursula. Ursula. And then I do have a little cat. Well, cute. He's kind of new. He's he's eight months old. What's his name? Arthur. Arthur? Mm-hmm. Cute. How are you? I'm good. How are you, baby? He's good. I love your hair. Thank you. Yeah, I just dyed it. Excuse the mess. I'm That's getting okay. ready for Europe, so oh, yeah. like a little 
cockeyed. At first, I was like, this is the hardest place to ever find in my entire fucking life. It's it's weird. It's a small complex, but it's, like, so confusing how they have it laid out. Like, most apartment places are kind of like that. Yeah, I, I tell everyone, like, Parkland and then if you like when you come to the complex these are the first ones you see but uh but yeah trying to get like favor or something oh my god i can fucking imagine it's so horrible do you just have to like walk out to the front yeah i usually have to walk out and go meet them and but i tell them into delivery notes i'm like enter from the side sometimes they listen like every once in a while but most times i have to Hi. I'm gonna see if I can move this a yeah, little. Yeah, absolutely. Get it stationed yeah, where you need to. I also brought some ganja. Yes, I just love some too. Yay. Whenever I couldn't find you, I was like, Yay. I'm just gonna follow the smell of the. Right, right. I love it. Um, he's very social, uh-huh. so he'll probably climb in your lap. He's also very, very. So we got him at three months, and he was like weaned way too early. So he didn't get any, like, proper... He didn't learn how to play with his, like, mom and siblings. Mm-hmm. So he does like to... He doesn't bite. Yeah. But he'll put his mouth on you. Uh, and he'll only do that if he's comfortable. I just got a cat, and she was kind of, like, feral. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we He's got very him. sweet. He's just, like, playing is, like, weird for him. Yeah, no, he's very, like, affectionate. It's all good. I love animals. I used to hate cats, but my boyfriend caught a cat without asking me uh-huh. and forced me to deal with it. And now she's like, I don't know. I feel like she's my daughter. Right. <laughs> Come see. He's like a little too active. I could just put him in. No, it's That's okay. No He's so used to it because we do it all the time. Hey. It's all good. There's nothing in there. That, this he, is the only thing okay. that matters. He's a little bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all? Right. Yeah, especially him. But yeah, no, feel free, please. So where's the first place that you're going in Europe? First place is London. I'm really excited. Yeah, I... Um, You've been before, right, to London? Yes. I've performed in... Well, I went to London for Drag World UK uh, this past August. And then I performed in Kent. So I did a burlesque show out in Kent. And that was a lot of fun, so... I've been, I've performed in the UK. I'm excited to go back. I'm not looking forward to the long ass flight because we'll leave at one tomorrow and we'll arrive in London 7 a.m. on Friday. So we're, but Eva and I are flying together. So I'm excited that we're going to fly together. She seems like she would be so much fun to be around. She is. She's very, very sweet. She's very protective too, which is, which is super sweet. I'm older than she is, but she views me as, like, her little baby. I guess because I'm, like... Well, no, Dal- Dahlia and Maxie, I think, are the short, And Yovska are the shortest. And then it's me and, like, Hollow. And then, like, Eva is, like, super tall. Priscilla is super tall. Have you tall. performed Saint with Hollow super... since... No, I've not... Per- well, no, yeah, at the, at the premiere, we performed together. And then that's... Uh, that's the last time we got to perform together. But we're still bringing more Dragula girls. We're going to... Uh, Did you see her when she was in town? I think. No, because I had a show the same night when she was in Damn. San Antonio. But she spent the night here the next night. That's awesome. Um, what was it like having Yovska with you here? Yovska was amazing. Like, super sweet. So much fun. Because I, I enjoyed Yovska, like, on the show. I thought she was, like, super creative and super fun and, like... 
I loved how she said like little cunty things here and there. I was like, oh, she's so funny. Because she never said them to me. <laughs> <laughs> that you heard. <laughs> that I heard, right. But yeah, no, she's, she's super fun. Like I said, it's just like a super creative, uh, like her imagination is like so you can outstanding. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was really excited to see Yovska whenever I saw the Meet the Monsters thing. Because that's such a different style that you don't really see. It's almost it's almost like horror club kid. Right? No, way. it's true. It's very much like like club kid monster type stuff, and uh, I just think like her imagination is fantastic. And uh, how is like working with Eva now? Because it's great. Yeah, I love having Eva in Austin. Uh, just not only because, like, we're closer proximity now, but, you know, we have her in Die Felicia, that's so much fun. And I just enjoy having, like, her here in town, you know. It's like, you have all your Judys and everything, you know, and I have everyone that I hang out with and love in Austin, but it's nice to have, like, a Dragula girl in town with you. You can quite, kind of, like, you know, talk shop with, talk Dragula shop with. <laughs> that's cute. I went and got, like, great video of her doing that crazy fucking duck walking. Right. Um, I call it the clown car. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. I'm just like, oh, God, girl, your knees are very strong because I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that right there? Yeah. So that was the antique, like, little baby buggy I found, and I painted it black, and we used it for one of my photo shoots with Jackson. And uh, I got that little Baphomet doll, and we're like, we'll just leave it right there. Because there's no, no better place to put it. We're like, well, it goes with the decor. That is so fucking metal. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So I'll set it between us. A lot, of, uh, a lot of, I guess you could say your quote-unquote brand is like kind of spooky and dark stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, what else would you say is like very Louisiana Purchase? You know, I as much as I, like, love dark and spooky stuff, I love, like, really, like, stereotypically feminine things. Like, I like the balance of, like, softness and darkness, and that's what makes it interesting for me. I, I'm not interested in just, like, one side not being balanced by the other. I kind of like the balance of, like, light and dark, and that's what is interesting to me. That's what I enjoy myself. Like that, um, kind of like pink fairy. Like, oh, like I, like the the pink scythe. That, yes. Yeah, the pink vampire look that I did on the that, show. That was amazing. Yeah, that's that's what I love. I love, uh, you know, balancing like macabre and sweetness. You know, uh, a lot of my favorite movies, like for example, like The Love Witch, is one of my like favorite newer films because it ta it takes like the kind of macabreness the witchcraft element and it wraps it up like in this really like soft pastel world that's really ultra feminine and I think that's just so smart and so interesting and you know a lot of my favorite like older vampire films or horror films you know all of the female protagonists were you know like very glamorous and like very kind of soft and i like that like 
like horror wrapped in beauty. It almost kind of the way that you describe it. I haven't seen Blade Runner, but it almost kind of sounds like gay Blade Runner. You know, I've actually have never seen Blade Runner either. I am I am only familiar with Sean Young's infamous hairstyle that uh, everyone loves. They call it the Blade Runner bang, <laughs> rolled rolled under bang. Uh, but yeah, no, I've not seen that film. I should see it because I know it's a classic. So what inspired that um, Pink Scythe look then? Oh, yeah. So the that whole look was inspired specifically by a vampire film called Fascination. And it's by one of my favorite directors, Jean Roland. He was a French director that directed a lot of like horror slash vampire films where the vampire protagonists were women. <laughs> And it's all very kind of like verging on sexploitation, a lot of like lesbian scenes and stuff like that. And it's just like very kind of like soft and feminine, you know, but a horror film. Is that when you knew you were a lesbian? When you Exactly. Saw that That's when I knew I was a lesbian. <laughs> I've been a lesbian forever. No, uh, But yeah, so that, because the cover, uh, the movie poster and the cover of the DVD of Fascination, it's... Uh, a female vampire, but she's in a black cape and she's holding a scythe. So I took the kind of like pastel world, like the, the really soft feminine pinks and just married it with the imagery from fascination, the scythe and all that kind of stuff. It was just like, that was like the, one of the most perfect challenges I think to, that I got to really showcase my drag with on the show. It's like, you know, this is what I do and this is what I do well. I was fucking screaming whatever <laughs> that look came out. It just, everything was, about it was super beautiful. Yeah, I loved it because it was so different from everyone else's. I think that was also one of my favorite things. I was nervous to bring it just because, you know, anytime you, you know, it's a gamble no matter what you bring. You don't know what judges will like or not like, but I'm glad I brought it. And I'm glad I stuck to my guns and my vision. I made top three in the episode, so I'm pretty excited to share it with Hollow and Landon. But And all three of us had very different vampire looks. I knew I didn't want to bring black. I knew I didn't want to bring red. I knew that, like, it had to be my pink look. And I'm taking that look on the European tour. So it'll be fun to... Because I haven't worn it since I wore it on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it'll be fun to trot that outfit oh my god people are gonna stage. be living people yeah are gonna be living. i'm really excited i'll have like the red hair like i did on the show and like the whole pink look and and i bought a few more accessories to go with the look and for the number so i'm excited to do that in europe i'm so fucking like pumped for you just to go that's gonna be such a fucking like explosion of fun yeah it's we're gonna be traveling a lot by tour bus so it's gonna be like the full-blown touring experience, sleeping in a bunk with the other performers. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. I'm excited to see everyone. So earlier, whenever you were talking about how it's kind of a gamble, um, your style is like, up, I guess with the other competitors, they're very horror. You're very glamour. Yeah. Um... I mean, there are definitely horror elements of you, too, but whenever you were talking about how it's kind of a gamble, did you kind of feel like your style was a little bit of a liability going in? Definitely. Um, I 
I knew that I would have to like adapt my style to some point. Uh, and that was fine. I was actually really excited for that challenge. And I think that's why I did as well as I did. I really listened to critique. Not that anyone else didn't listen to critique, but I really took the critique to heart and I knew the way to like succeed in a competition is to give them exactly what they ask for. That's like, for example, the Dungeons and Drag Queens episode. And I believe it was Drac who said, we want to see a bigger silhouette. And he kept doing this gesture like by his shoulders. So I knew literally for the next challenge, I would produce a big silhouette, a silhouette I've never presented before. So for trash queen i did the big shoulder pieces the hip pieces which was also another fucking gagorific look because that was fucking cool <laughs> yeah that was um that is a uh, panic crafting at its finest uh, <laughs> it was i think completely made the night before i had the idea and the drawing and obviously it was a difficult look to produce by yourself because I, I, I built the costume on my body. So Priscilla helped me like hold things in place and wrap like, I think we use, I don't know how many rolls of packing tape, how many bags of bubble wrap, how many- Shout out Priscilla. Yeah, how many <laughs> rolls of saran wrap. It was just like, it, it, was, it was an extreme amount. But yeah, we literally built it on my body how did you and, get the colors for it? Well, what I did was we built the we built the suit. Uh, I had Priscilla cut it off of me because we had to literally cut the suit off, and uh, and then I just painted it. So it was a mixture of liquid latex and acrylic paint, and then I had the rats all on it. And to bring in a little touch of glamour, I rhinestoned all their eyes. So every outfit I had, there was either. Every look I presented had rhinestoning somewhere, either on an accessory, on the look, somewhere. I wanted to reference so glamour always. So you bitches on Twitter don't come for the rhinestone queens. Right, right. <laughs> One of the tenets of Dragula is glamour. So, uh, But yeah, uh, and then underneath my wig and hidden inside the costume was an insane amount of kid slime and with the intention of like slapping the side of my face slime would come down blah 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 well my body heat because i had to wear that outfit the entire day i couldn't take it off uh my body heat caused the slime to start melting and it just oozed down like the back of my leg out my ass crack like, so it just looked even cooler so it looked even better so <laughs> that was like that was, you know, a good stroke of luck. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I tried to I tried to bring the things they wanted and have it make sense with my aesthetic. And I think I was pretty successful. I, I loved all of my looks on the show. And I think they definitely represent a different part of my drag. Yeah, whenever you were talking about the elf, um, the Dungeons and Drag Queens episode... That was a very different look for you. Yeah, it was the only time I was blonde on the show. I rarely wear blonde wigs, but I remember thinking I didn't know shit 
about Dungeons and Dragons, but I was like, it's like Lord of the Rings, but you play it. So <laughs> my inspiration really came from Gladriel from Lord of the Rings, Kate Blanchett's character. So we created the wig and I don't do hair or sew, but I illustrate everything. So I draw out sketches of the costuming of the hair and I go over it with the, pe the people that I have make it. And Aaron Torres made pretty much every costume for me for Dragula. And Matt Finch did a lot of the wigs. Matt Finch and Severely Mame did the wigs uh, for Dragula. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I have a hand in everything, even though I may not like, you know, there's some things I do by hand, all of my headpieces, all of my accessories. Well, you're like known for just being this fucking ethereal, like glamour creature of the depths. Yeah, that was like, you know, a completely different look. I was like, I knew I wanted her to be ethereal. I got rolled elf priestess. So I was like, oh my God, like if there's any character I think I can channel this. And I was just like, I wanted to be long and lean and shiny and you looked really like pretty. you could do like a fucking backflip. You just looked like you were. Well, I did a roundhouse kick in the video, but they edited it out because I think they saw my vagina. <laughs> but I had the crotch of that suit, Elmer's spray adhesive to my crotch because if it moved any little bit of direction, because I couldn't wear a gap, so I was just tuck taped. So I had to spray the crotch of the suit down onto my skin so that it wouldn't shift and you just see like a mess of tape and skin. There's one part of Dragula, I think, whenever they're uh, talking about how you would describe your drag and you said something like a lot of ass, a lot of butthole. Oh yeah, that was the that was for Trash Queen. Oh my god. When gosh. Um, we had the surprise red carpet interview with Disasterina. And it was a total surprise. We had no idea. No time to prep for it. Um, I also think I might have been a little stoned. Um, but yeah, it. Uh, she just hit me with those questions and I was just like, uh, don't think about it. That's all I told myself <laughs> before going up was like, just don't think about it, girl. Just like answer the questions. And so when she goes, what can we expect to see from you? And that's when I was like, a lot of nudity. Lot of lot of leg, lot of butthole, blah 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 blah. A good time with your dad. <laughs> and then Disasterina asked me, So are you saying your legs are better than mine? I was like, Absolutely. <laughs> One question she asked was, What was the inspiration for your outfit? And I said, Chernobyl Gap Kids edition. Oh my god. So yeah, oh kinda, my god. It's like radioactive kids wear. I yeah. don't know. Something. I got like um like Mad Max faggotry. Yeah, it really was a mixture of like Lana Del Rey. That's who inspired the hair, the big bouffant, and it lo and it was long in the back. But the black root into like the dirty silver that was inspired by Divine, and of course the kind of look was inspired by Divine. No, yeah, it really was like if Divine fucked Lana Del Rey. Divine is my favorite. I've been uh, jamming to Love Reaction so hard lately. Divine has such great music. Like, yeah, kids that only are familiar Ooh. with her in the John Waters film should check out her music too because it's, it's so good. One of my favorite performances of hers is uh, You Think You're a Man. Oh, that's really Have good. you seen when she comes in on that, like, low rider? It's so good. 
I, oh I also love, I think my favorite is, I love Shake It Up. And oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've performed Shake It Up quite a few times. When? Um, I performed Shake It Up at, uh, whenever we did Poo Poo Platter, the troupe I belong to here in Austin. We, uh, we do a lot of tribute shows, so it was Divine versus RuPaul, and our guest was Violencia, and uh, Violencia and I each did a Divine and a RuPaul number, and I did Shake It Up, and I had this amazing, huge, black Widow's Peak bouffant, and I wore this, like, inspired by Divine, asymmetrical, like, tiger print sequin, like, super tight dress, and uh, I had two of my drag daughters who are also the go-go boys for my show Die Felicia. They were my backup, Kanan and Chasen. And they were fantastic and they were my backup dancers and I ate a piece of fake shit out of Kanan's ass. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. And then I think for the RuPaul one, I did Kitty Girl, but I was just like, oh God, just pick one. And I had a cat outfit. I was like, what fine. Is, what is it that you said that you ate? A piece. It was a Laura bar. That we molded into like a turd and we stuck it in his ass crack. And then at the end of the number, I just pull his G-string aside and like eat it out of his butt. I was going to seriously go to town and just like eat it out of his ass with my mouth. But then I was like, no, you have another number, girl. You're going to fuck up your makeup. <laughs> so I just like spread it, took it out with my fingers and then ate it. It was fun. It still got the point across. One of my, um, I went through kind of like, I would say I'm still in it. Um, there's this sailor look that I've done and it's based off of the backup dancers from you think you're a man Oh, I love it because I'm looking for some white gloves because I wanted to pull it out this weekend I've been trying to do the splits for like a year Oh, amazing. so far just so I can do one part from their choreography. <laughs> oh, I love it 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 took me a while. It's funny. I it took me a while to Learn how to do splits. I'm very flexible and you know, I I don't take dance class or haven't had any training. I'm just really naturally flexible, but splits were the one thing I couldn't do. And literally it was just like, I would try and try and try. And then one day it was like, boop, there's a split. But I don't like jump into splits. That's crazy, girl. That's for, honey, if you're, yeah, you're 21. Yeah, you jump into that split, diva. But once you like pull your hamstring or rip your hamstring, then you'll, you'll stop jumping into splits. I do mine very elegantly. I just kind of like spread my legs and just like glide on the floor. <laughs> yeah. My um, drag mother, Cheetah, she's always like, I won't do a death drop. I will do a death slide. There you go. And there she go. did it one time too to deepen Vogue. Uh-huh. And it was like amazing. Everybody was gagged. Oh my God. we've never seen her that close to the proximity of the floor. So that was new. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do death drops either. I feel I'm too head heavy. I just feel like I would just crack my head. And I'd be like, no thanks. <laughs> and uh, what shows do you do here in Austin? I know of Die Felicia. Yeah, I have Die Felicia with Zane Zena. Uh, and that's once a month at Elysium. And then I'm a member of Poo Poo Platter. That's where I got my start in drag. Uh, and I perform once a month with them at Elysium as well. And then I have a show with Ruby Knight called Sad Girls Only, and we do that at Sahara Lounge. And those are my monthly shows. I also do a monthly bingo at St. Elmo Brewery. 
uh, and that's every third Wednesday of the month. So those are those are my monthly local gigs that I have now, um, and then a lot of touring throughout the U.S. And uh, yeah, I'm I have an idea for a new show, and that's like slowly brewing. I've been talking to people about it, so hopefully we'll see that maybe at the end of the year. That is so exciting. That's what I'm hoping for anyway. <laughs> That's so, so exciting. Yeah. So you said you got your start in Poo Poo Platter. How did all of that come about? October 18th uh, was my very first performance, and it was at Poo Poo Platter's Halloween show. And uh, Who did Poo Poo consist of back then? Oh, my God. I honestly don't even remember. I think because I wasn't a member, I was just a guest. I didn't become a member until years later. Uh, Zayn Zena and I became members at the same time. But, yeah, It's I, essentially like a drag troupe. Yeah, right? it's a drag troupe. Um, and we have six members. Right now, it's the mother of the house, Bulimian Rhapsody. Um, R.C. Cola. friends with her, right? We're married, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, Bulimian and I had started dating like February 2013 and where was it that you guys got married at I remember in Las Vegas it was like sci-fi themed or it was Mars Attacks theme yeah yeah that is so awesome uh yeah we got married on that by the way thank you we got married last July July 6th in uh in Las Vegas and um but yeah I met Bulimian and then slowly like my friends became drag queens and I was like, I'm going to do what my friends are doing. So I bugged and bugged and bugged. I was like, let me be in the Halloween show. Let me be in the Halloween show. And he just told me no. Then eventually he said yes. And then I did it. That was October of 2013 was my first performance. But how, yeah, I, I started with Poo Poo Platter. On how many times show. did you have to ask before you got a damn show? I think like three or four. And I was like, I promise I won't embarrass you. I promise. So persistence is key. Persistence is key. Lots of blowjobs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I performed that October. And then again, that following December. And then after that performance, I never stopped. The only month I've ever taken off for drag was when I filmed Dragula. And that really wasn't a break from drag. That was just, I wasn't publicly performing. What month was that? Uh, that was in March of last year so we're almost coming up on a year since we filmed uh it's gone by so fast that's crazy yeah it uh it's definitely been a whirlwind for sure <laughs> so you said that you do die felicia with zane Zena. i know that you guys are like really great friends how did that yeah. friendship come about it, it was I, th- I met Zane the night that I met Bulimian I had went to a poo poo platter I think it was the third one they ever had uh, and Zane was a guest and so like a lot of my friends I have today I met that night Zane being one of them and like when I found out she was like really into horror movies and like the music she was into we became like super super close friends like really really fast and then we started Die Felicia I want to say we're nearing like four years ago and because uh, we were like there's no like spooky shows we want to do you know it, we would look forward to October of every year so that we could pull out like all of the spooky numbers we wanted to do throughout the rest of the year and so we were like why not just have a show where we do that every it's Halloween every month and yeah, we kicked off a trend in Texas 
and you know people were really really super responsive to die felicia i remember the very first one christine came out and we were so excited zay and i were like we did it we did it diva but uh but yeah uh die felicia uh i co-produced with zayn and then sad girls i co-produced with uh ruby knight and then i'm just a member of poo poo platter I love Ruby too. She's, yeah, Ruby's an amazing queen. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Every time I'm just infuriated. Yeah. Ruby, I think, started a, a year, maybe not quite a year before I started drag. And I remember when I started, I was so fucking busted looking. Uh, and I would just look at Ruby and I'd be like, oh my God, you're so pretty. And she still is. She's still gorgeous. Such a great performer. I love her on the mic. I think she's fun. She's like, she's relevant. She's fashionable. She's like everything you kind of want in a queen. You know, you're going to get a really good look. You're going to get a good performance. And she's cute to have around. She's like super sweet, super fun. She's one of, you know, she's one of my closest friends. I, uh, I love that in Austin, we actively hang out with each other outside of drag. Just in my complex alone. So you have Bulimian and I, and then upstairs is my daughter or my daughter's sticky gold and chick fellatio then poppy churro lives here zane Zena lives here liz dexia lives here so just in my day-to-day life just in my complex like i see a lot of my drag community my friends like every day and then you know i actively hang out with you know noodles and tatiana cholula ruby uh it's a really interesting like generation of drag that we've got going on right now. It is. I think we're in... I think Austin has had, like, a couple of, like, quote-unquote, like, golden moments of drag. I definitely think the heyday um, of Castro's Warehouse on 4th, that place gave birth to a lot of amazing queens, kings, performers. Uh, That was a real golden moment of Austin drag. And if you were, and if anyone was around at that time and got to take part in it, like we're very lucky. Um, you know, I got my start in poo poo platter, but I was also at Castro's every single weekend. Like how I went about my whole first year of drag was I walked around with a mix CD in my purse and anywhere I went, I would just show up in drag and I'd be like, is there like an open spot? Like I have a, I have a mix CD and they'll be like, it's for tips, it's no pay. And I did a lot of that. And it was just like, the way you get better is by performing. And so I just wanted to be on stage as much as possible. Because I did suffer from stage fright at the beginning. And I knew that was something I wanted to get over because I loved doing drag so much. And, oh, I eventually did. Was she, <laughs> was she still Louisiana Purchase back then? I have always been Louisiana Purchase. And only Louisiana Purchase. So, yeah, I have no other, like secret drag names or like you're like i was i wasn't like someone else before louisiana purchase it was louisiana purchase (laughs) so have you done stuff with pink star in them i've done shows with them and they've booked me for a lot of their events yeah i i enjoy them a lot i love them they're so much fun oh thank you baby is there a car or anything nope nope oh nice um, this is cute. Yeah, yeah, I got a matching one for my boyfriend. Um, we always match either 
gold and black or gold and silver. So oh, I, got, I love it. I got him a silver one. Oh, that's looks, so sweet. It looks like it's like one of those 90s music videos. Oh, nice. <laughs> How long have y'all been dating? Um, It's going on like four or five years, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. That's like 80 years in gay years. Right? Oh, my God. That is so wild. How long have you and Bellini been together? It will be... Let's see. February the 25th will be seven years. Wow. We've been together. And then July 6th will be a year we've been married. And we've lived together for six years. This January. Yeah. That's I just awesome. try to remember. I was like, oh my God, I can't remember. Well, that's awesome. Yay. So, <laughs> whenever things with Dracula, when you guys were coming towards the end of it, how do you think your life would be different if you had won? Um, you know, I'm sure to some extent it would be different. Um, you know, that's, I, I think that's for anyone who would have won, you know, your lives, your life is going to be different because you won, you know, a reality TV show drag competition. Um, I'm actually very, very content and pleased like with my top four position like I feel I got to showcase a lot of different sides of my drag and you know I got to compete in every single challenge I'm in every episode but the last one so like I'm happy it's like it's kind of the best of both worlds it's like I feel like I can you know I I definitely feel like deep enough in it that like I feel you know, fluttering around, you know, I'm the closest queen to top three. So, like, like, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, that's awesome. Suck a dick. You I'm know, sorry. like, like, I'm I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I was just, um, gonna follow that up, too, because whenever I said different, that was assuming that there's a difference, just because you necessarily win something yeah. doesn't automatically mean that your life is gonna suddenly be full of meaning and... Oh, yeah. That, no, it was same thing with just, like, being on the show. It's all what you make of it, like, after, like, your experiences, to some extent, you know, like, what you make of it. And, you know, I knew going into it and leaving that that show wasn't the end-all, be-all of everything. Like, it's not like you do the show and then just stop and be like, okay, the gigs are going to come pouring in, diva. No, you still have to work, hone your craft, create content. You know, just like I've done prior to the show. You know, I've, I'm very fortunate that I've got to perform all over the United States prior to Dragula. And I kind of, you know, I had a taste of what that lifestyle, you know, post-Dragula has become. Which is, you know, a lot of traveling, a lot of touring, performing all around. Which, like, that's what I wanted. Like... That's why I went on the show, to showcase my drag and to, like, have the opportunity to perform, like, everywhere. That's, you know, being a, a, a working, performing drag queen is, like, my initial goal. I have a lot of goals. I have a lot of surprises happening in 2020, actually, that I would love to chat about but don't have the green light to chat about yet. But I will say that for as amazing as 2019 was, and it was, it was a great year for me. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this year and the things that I've got coming up, especially one thing in particular. I'm just like, 
Uh, y'all are going to gag when y'all see it. I don't know if it will be out by the time this airs. Because I have no idea when it's going to air. But, um, yeah. Yeah, everyone's going to gag. Because I sure in the hell gagged while we were making it. But that's all, that's all, I, can, that's all I can divulge is that something very, very exciting is coming out. Hopefully soon. I think I might know what that thing is, and I also can't fucking wait. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really exciting. And and I think you'll, it will be able to um, show me, you know, like, uh, I think a, a different audience that maybe uh, are not aware of me through Dragula or through just, like, attending a lot of drag shows, uh, I'll get exposed to... A different audience which is an exciting prospect so earlier whenever you were talking about how you've already kind of been working as a drag queen for a while dracula was kind of a vehicle for taking it a step further yeah i think exactly. one of the things that a lot of people think about whenever we see i mean everybody on the show in a way becomes a queer icon to, yeah. to a new generation because we are so heavily influenced by the things that we consume. I mean, yeah. love it or hate it, there's a reason why every RuPaul's Drag Race winner becomes idolized in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. And so I think, like, one thing that is really unique about you is that you've also kind of already been that even before the show. And it's weird because the show, in the way that it highlighted those, like, wonderful attributes of yours, the generosity, the empathy, and everything. Yeah. Have you seen that transformation online, too, with, like, fan mail or people who reach out to you? Oh, definitely. Um, there, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, like have a really amazing local fan base and support system here. I feel completely taken care of by my community. Uh, you know, Austin has been great to me. Austin has given me the platform that I had before the show, which, you know, I feel very fortunate for because, you know, it was a bigger base than, you know, some drag performers, you know, get to. It, it's, uh, you know, I was at a point of great privilege prior to Dragula. Um, but post-Dragula, you know, post-Meet Our Monsters especially, that's when the floodgates, and it's like, I just remember after Meet Our Monsters got released, I had to turn my phone off because the notifications were just going crazy. And it, it was very exciting. It still is exciting. You know, I still get, you know... Once it aired on Amazon Prime and then Netflix picked it up, it was kind of like the whirlwind started all over again. And a whole new group of people were exposed to it, you know, through Netflix. And it's been very exciting. I've, I've either been really blind to it or have missed it, but, like, literally, I only recall, like, two, like, hateful comments that I happened to catch on my Instagram and honey, block and delete. Like, where's your show, Diva? <laughs> you know, like, it, it, honey, that... You take the good and the bad with a grain of salt. Don't let anything get to your head too much. You know, the way I look at it is everything is temporary. And so this, too, will be temporary. It's 
you know, my privilege and my joy to like have the platform to, you know, to work it, to morph it, to change it over time, to keep it relevant, to keep it interesting for me and for audiences. So that's, you know, now like the career really begins. This is the fun part. It's, it's in my ballpark now. So it's only limited to my imagination and the things that I want to do and bring. And thankfully, the well hasn't run dry. And I have a, you know, I have a lot of ideas. There's a lot of things I still want to do. There's a lot of things I still want to do in my own community, you know, as well as the rest of the world. It's important for, you know, we work really hard. All drag performers work really hard, no matter what level you're on. But, you know, I do a lot of traveling. I do a lot of performing. But, you know, it is important to kind of like connect into that source of inspiration. For me, it's like watching movies, listening to music, like flipping through books, you know, anything to kind of like stimulate my imagination. And, you know, it's important to like take care of yourself physically and mentally and like inspire yourself. And I've been lucky that that's still been going strong. So one of the things that I kind of think about daily is like, I consider myself super existentialist. So like being in a kind of position where like all of a sudden a bunch of people give a shit about you yeah is like you know kind of a crazy thing like that almost kind of seems like it would be like overwhelming kind of like how you said earlier to the point where you would need to take turn your phone off yeah but, but i think that like it must be really awesome though because whenever people do fall in love with what you're presenting and giving out there to know that you're an inspiration to people, that's that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's very humbling. You know, it, those type of messages really started coming in after the episode where I had my moment with Yovska. And then that's when it really, really, really started. And it's very humbling. Like, I had people, like send me very, very personal, lengthy messages. And I read everything. It's hard to respond to everything, but I most certainly, like, read it all. And, yeah, it's humbling that you touch people and that you move people. Uh, you know, I've definitely been that person, too. I've definitely written people that inspire me. I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I think it's it's good to, like, have, like, a guiding star to kind of, like, shine the way we all need that in moments of our lives and you know the, hopefully the end result is that you lift your own sail at the end of it and you you know you're your own inspiration which you know i'm very lucky that i'm at the point in my drag where obviously you know i love to be inspired but you know the character of louisiana purchase really inspires me and so like you know, she, for me, she's like a little living art project that I get to dress and like... Go through phases with. Yeah, exactly. So like that for me, just in of itself, like that's fun. Like drawing outfits and being inspired by just like clothes, you know, and music. How you, many tattoos have you seen yourself on? Because I would imagine that. Oh, like... yeah. There's been a couple. Um, I know of four... There's one in particular that, like, I screen-capped because I was like, okay, that's really fucking awesome. 
But yeah, I've, there's a few people who have gotten me tattooed on them. Saint has a tattoo on her ribs of all of us. Um, this great illustrator, their Instagram handle is Nikini Kill. Uh, and they uh, have illustrated pretty much the whole cast. And they're fantastic. Uh, did a group illustration of the entire cast. And Saint has it tattooed on her ribs. And that's amazing. Uh, I love my cast, but I don't know if I'm getting all of them tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe whenever Yavska got tattooed. That was insane. That was pretty funny. I love, I love for her that it's a tramp stamp. At least she doesn't have to look at it. <laughs> Except for on video. Except for on the video. It'll live forever on video. So a little backstory. This podcast that I just started, basically I've wanted to have a podcast for like three years. Uh-huh. And so like literally um, New Year's, this last New Year's, yeah. I was kind of like, okay, fuck it. Like you have to kind of stop being afraid of like yeah. taking those risks as an artist. Um, how do you think you kind of went about, like, what's your relationship with your insecurity in relation to your art? Oh, it was, I was extremely fearful to do Dragula. Like, I was a complete and utter mess leading up to leaving for it. Like, a bundle of, like, panic and nerves and insecurities and, you know, I'm the type of person where... I'm going to just like mull things over in my mind over and over and over and over and over again until like I get there and then I'm just like well now you just have to do it and if you don't know how you'll fake it till you make it and that's kind of how it was for Dragula I was a complete mess and then got there and was like all right it's go time and it was weird like Filming Dragula for me, it really felt more so like, it felt like a boot camp. Like, I knew we were competing, but I really felt mostly in competition with myself and, like, how far I was willing to stretch and, like, how hard I was willing to work and how far I was willing to compromise, like, my own ideals about drag. Um, it really felt like going through, like, drag queen boot camp so yeah like once we started you know obviously we still had nerves like while filming but you know i knew it was go time whenever i got there and i was afraid to staple gun my leg too i didn't want to do that but it's kind of one of those things where it's like i tell myself i have to and then you just do it you know um I think there was one part that, like, extremely resonated with me whenever... Mm. I mean, it's basically the one part where we ever see you shaken, and it's you whenever you're like, I don't want to feel like a fucking failure or yeah. something like that. I think another part was something like what they would say. Yeah, yeah, I really, like, I went into Dragula wanting to prove that Austin drag was amazing. And I really felt like... And it was, it was not imposed on me by anybody. It was totally self-imposed pressure. But, like, I felt the weight of the Austin drag community on my shoulders. Like, I want to prove that we're amazing. I want to prove that, like, 
what we have is very special and unlike any other drag scene in the in the in the world and so you know i knew that there was like i wanted to achieve a certain placement in the show i wanted to win but i was like i definitely wanted top three you know and that's you know in the last supper i said like how disappointed i was with what happened and i was at that point that was a very like vulnerable real emotion uh but now I've definitely have made peace with it. And I see the pros of, you know, my placement on the show, for sure. And how do you think that, like, your relationship in terms of coping with um, those kinds of anxieties and insecurities, like, how is it that you take them on? Girl, 447. Like, that's all I could do <laughs> on set was just, like, that breathing exercise. Like... You know, four, my, four, seven. yeah, you, you breathe in for four, you hold it for four, and you release for seven seconds. Uh, and it's just a way to kind of recenter yourself and like recenter your mind and do something physical that kind of like pulls you back out of that like panic attack state. Uh, but yeah, like literally, you know, at the end of the day, and it's not like the most fun lesson to learn, but I definitely feel it's like, a necessary lesson is that for as much support that I have had in my life, um, still at the end of the day, I'm not going to have my community there holding my hand while I'm getting staple gunned. You are left to your own devices. Like it is up at the end of the day to you to do this. So I don't know. I guess the way I handle fear is like, half being gentle with myself like as far as like physically just like like really concentrating on my breathing and really just like trying to like bring myself back down like okay you're okay you're not gonna die you're fine and then you know the other half like you know but at the same time like you've got to fucking do this you're gonna fucking do this you're not not going to do this and so it was a combination of those of like bringing myself down like okay and then like okay We've, we've got to do this for all. Nothing right. quite like that first sensation of that very first staple going in your body. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, this is what it feels like. All right, I got to keep going. Is that, is that up there with like the craziest shit you think you've ever done for like physically? Definitely like as far as like pain level for, you know what? Honestly, something hurt worse on the show uh, than the staple guns. And that was, you. no one really got to see it. But, um... I know I posted photos of it on my Instagram, but for the rock challenge, for the the blood ritual at the beginning, I got my entire thumb lanced completely through with a 16-gauge needle. And let me tell you, your thumb will make a popping sound. Uh, oh, my that God. That almost, like, I almost puked. You didn't pass out from that? No, no. I, th uh, I think, thankfully... Uh, the adrenaline so now, kept me going. I'm just gonna keep fueling the conspiracy theories now that right. you didn't actually faint <laughs> during the staple gun because you, you said it was like a 16 gauge like needle. needle. Yeah, it went right through my thumb. That's fucking crazy. And it literally was. And also, you know the 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 passing out like. There were other factors besides the staple gun. Um, I was in a 24-inch corset for like 12 hours. 
I didn't eat. I had no water. My blood sugar completely plummeted. Uh, and thus me passing out. Because they had to give me like water and candy to kind of like bring me to. But the, the needle... Did they, did they have some fucking ambulances like this? <laughs> right, going in for... Yeah. Don't let her die. Uh, but the needle... It was completely unexpected, and right after it happened, we had to go on stage and perform the song. So it's like my body went into, like... Yeah. Like, override, like, girl, you've got to do this. Now I'm going to tell you what, when we were done filming, I my body literally convulsed in the green room. Like, I just had the shakes and couldn't stop. Oh, my god. Yeah, it was, uh, you know... Anything reality that? tv is not not for the for the weak spirited you've got to be strong honey you've got to be physically and mentally strong to 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 do it i'm trying to think because oh so i've always wondered um back to whenever we talked about darkness being kind of like an overarching theme yeah i've wondered are you a satanist um like, like for real for real yeah yeah i um yeah practicing uh, satanist i maxie and i talked about it on the show it didn't get aired we talked about it i think briefly but uh yeah yeah practicing satanist which you know a lot of people are kind of like okay um but yeah it's like i mean if i want to like you know you have satanists that that are um a lot of them are atheists. They don't actually believe in God or Satan. And, and like, a lot of Satanists just view, you know, Satan as a, an image, an icon, an ideal. Um, you know, because quite honestly, just even aesthetic-wise, you know, it's fun to be, quote-unquote, you know, like, it's fun to be blasphemous. It's fun to be, uh, you know naughty i guess and i grew up and was i was uh baptized and raised catholic uh no longer but uh when did that change oh a long time ago long 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 time ago yeah i had i had my breakaway from catholicism a long time ago i was like oh no honey you can't respect me i don't respect you like how old were you do you think oh god early early 20s maybe even late teens i was a rebellious kid you know satanism for me is like you know your your divinity your your is is within like power to the people we all you know well from what i've read a lot of uh satanism it's not even it almost is kind of like how you said where it's like an atheist who doesn't really believe in the concept of god to begin with or like you know doesn't agree with it yeah and um so what i've read of it is that most of it is almost kind of like that but with like a hedonistic bent on it yeah it's kind of like you know do what you want but don't fuck anybody over i mean that's the extent of it quite honestly is that like you know be kind don't be a dickhead do it's what do what you want live your life enjoy your life while you're here um, and it's not necessarily like, you know, like be a good person, blah, blah, just like, you know, treat people with respect, be logical about things. It kind of seemed like the number one rule was like, just like how you said, don't inflict harms onto others. Yeah. But as far as like 
how everything else goes like yeah um, i could i could literally like talk two hours just on that subject but (laughs) well i find it interesting because i've never i don't think i've ever met someone who identifies as a satanist because interestingly enough too like six is my favorite number so Uh like i kind of like almost have a thing with that as well where it's kind of like I I would also consider myself like inherently rebellious and yeah. like how you said being blasphemous is fun like there's a reason why it's fun to say outrageous things yeah <laughs> like I don't know that's kind of how I've always like enjoy living my life is like I'm gonna do my thing respect to you you do your thing and just like live and let live just you know yeah don't be a hateful person like you know i just try to live my life and treat others how i would like to be treated uh and yeah and you know and there's like different forms of satanism there's people that are atheists and don't really believe you know what would you say that yours is i'm more of like a satanist who also practices magic so you know there's a lot of satanists that practice witchcraft uh and I happen to be one of them. Uh, a lot of my friends that are Satanists actually do as well. Uh, and that's just more like there's a ritualistic aspect to, you know, like how I live my life. And, you know, and y'all don't get scared. I said ritualistic. Y'all don't be thinking I'm like sacrificing goats and stuff. No, it's just um, I take forms of witchcraft, which is like nature magic. And uh, it, it's informed through my practice of, you know, Satanism. So it's all this, like, weird, really... Well, not weird. It's all this, like, really kind of, like, entangled belief system that I've kind of, like, morphed and changed, you know, as I've gotten older. It's like a chain of different, like, symbols to yeah. help manifest. Like, yeah. It's, it's it, basically, like, manifestation, right? In oh, yeah, ways. yeah. I'm a big believer in, in, in manifesting. Yeah, definitely. It, uh... You know, it's one step leads to another, and I'm at the point where I'm at now, where I'm at spiritually, but, uh... The cat's having a field trip. I know, the cat (laughs) is, like, playing with the cat toy. Um, That's fine. As long as we provide context as to people. People are, like, are not going, going like, what's going on back there? Arthur is, like... Well, that's a very awesome cat house. It's very modern. Right. <laughs> it's tall and black. It looks like it'd be in, like, Chile or something. Right. Right. <laughs> Have and you been to Chile? No, I haven't. I oh haven't. I, uh, I always get a lot of the messages they also, will, like... They would love the fuck out of you. <laughs> oh, I would love to go. I definitely want to, like, travel a lot more outside the U.S., too. There's this place that I went to that was, like... It used to be an army general's mansion, and the government took it away from him as, like, because they've gone through, like, a bunch of revolutions and yeah. shit. So they uh, converted this general's house into a three-story bar Oh my god! that had, like, different music and, like, live music, and then the inside was dedicated to parody. Oh my god. Of just like all of the political figures yeah. of Chile. Oh my god. Which amazing. is like so that's where I picture you performing. Yeah, oh my god, amazing. <laughs> in Chile. But yeah, I that's like definitely one of the goals is to do more touring and performing outside of the US. And uh yeah, I you know, I have 
new looks, new photo shoots, new things, new show ideas, like all kind of like bubbling and brewing and are at different stages. Uh, I know I've kind of have talked about it a little bit, but I am working on an album with Mr. Kitty. Uh, we're, we're kind of like deep into it and we'll finish that this year, but it's not, it's not, honey, it ain't gonna be a drag queen bop, buy it on iTunes, ding, any of that. It's, um, I play theremin and so it's going to be like an electronic, mostly instrumental theremin album, more kind of like an atmospheric piece, uh, and it'll also be something that will be fun to perform live and that I can integrate into drag. That's so awesome because it's going to be super meta to yeah, like it's, use it's, yourself to evolve. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really fun project and I've been really good friends and a fan of Mr. Kitty for a long time. And so, you know, after, you know, multiple hangouts... We're like, yeah, let's let's do a record. Let's make that Thurman record. And and Mr. Kitty took the bull by the horns and started. And I was like, okay, yeah, we are really doing this. And so. So you said in like two months. Um, I don't know how long it's gonna. T- it'll, it'll definitely be out this year. Uh, and we're going to finish working on it. Uh, soon. I have a couple of you know I have the Dragula European tour. I'm doing a tour with Hard Candy, in February. And then I'll be doing another smaller tour, like around uh, Baltimore, D.C. Do you know any of the uh, dates for February or, like, dates and locations? Um, For the Hard Candy Tour, I definitely have those dates right here. I am pulling up my phone. Oh, here we go. So, the Hard Candy Tour is going to be February 20th in Cincinnati then the 21st in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, the 23rd, uh, I'm doing a brunch gig in the morning and then doing a play in Louisville, Kentucky. That's the 23rd. 24th, Richmond, Virginia. And the 25th, Kansas City, Missouri. And then I'll be back home after that <laughs> doing shows <laughs> is there anything in march that you know about already or no uh in march i'm setting up a kind of uh i don't know exactly what region i didn't do well in geography uh no it, i'll be hitting places like uh, baltimore maryland washington dc uh, uh pittsburgh uh which i'm really excited about doing that uh and in february prior to the hard candy tour I'm going to be in New York at National Sawdust with Switch and Play doing their show Vamp. Uh, I'll be in El Paso at Touch Bar. Uh, Yeah, so I've got some really fun gigs prior to the hard candy. But yeah, I'm excited for all of the the traveling that's coming up in the next few months. And if uh, people listening to this don't know where to find you on the interwebs. Oh, yeah. You can, my main social media account that is the most active is my Instagram. And you can follow me at Louisiana Purchase, and it's L-O-U-I-S-I-A-N-N-A-P-U-R-C-H-A-S-E. You have to have the two ends in there, or you're going to get something completely different. It's Anna. <laughs> like yeah, Anna. like the la- yeah, the last part of the name is like Anna. There you go. 
and um, I think that pretty much wraps up most of uh, my questions. Oh, awesome. That was so much fun. Yeah, that, Thank was, you. that was a wonderful conversation. Oh, I loved it. Thank you, baby. No problem. Mm. I love you so much. This I love was, you, baby. This was awesome. Yay. No, that's so rad. We can bullshit a little bit. Yeah. Bad. So what's your plans for the rest of the day? Wasn't that just the cutest? Isn't, isn't she amazing? I love her. I love her so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, before I even did a first episode of the Grego show, just like even audio wise, I knew that, uh, Miss Purchase was going to have to be a guest. I mean, she is just beautiful, gorgeous, as you can tell, a wonderful person. The amount of inspiration that she gives me on a daily basis from when I wake up to when I sleep is just unquantifiable and we are so blessed to have had her as a guest here on the grego show my love and my heart goes out to her and all of the fans who have discovered her from dragula love you guys too i hope that if you enjoyed what you heard you consider giving us a shot from here on out um i'm a bio king, as I mentioned in my first episode. If you want to hear more interviews with amazing drag artists, especially some of those that were mentioned by Louisiana, go ahead and give the podcast a follow. We're going to be interviewing a lot more drag artists, um, other artists as well, and just generally interesting people that I know and love. Um, I know so many people that are doing different types of awesome things, so doing interviews with them and having different people that I know learning about the awesome people and shit that I have going on in my life or that the awesome people that I know have going on is just super duper cool. I really think that this podcast has the potential to create a really amazing community, so I'm excited to just jump into this and see where it all goes. It would be awesome if you joined us for the ride. So we're going to have some more content about this conversation, including pictures and just more visual stuff to go along with it on the website. That's gregjgray.com. I'm also going to give you guys an update on the production fundraiser that we had for the month of January. Uh, We had a goal of $500. We raised at the end. People are still, (laughs) people are still sending me (laughs) money through like Venmo now. Um, Thank you. We've raised $820 from that. I haven't written down the names of the people who donated yet. I will mention them on that next solo episode. If you want to contribute to the fundraiser, um, the Facebook fundraiser is closed now, but I've set up a Patreon for folks who want to establish contributions more regularly, like monthly or something. So you can decide to do that. You can check that out. The notes are going to be online and in the show notes of this episode as well. Also, if you have Venmo now, 
what I would like to start doing now is if you want to contribute to the fundraiser, mention fundraiser in the notes. And if you want to just give me money to help me out, <laughs> because that would also be appreciated, um, just comment with something from the episode, a line from the episode that just made you smile, laugh, or think. Because getting that in the notes would just make my heart super duper happy. Hope you guys are doing well. Music in this episode at the end is brought to you by Screaming Color, who made a theme song basically for the show. I'm super duper excited to play it. It's from one of his songs called Every Awesome Cat. But I just wanted to take the time and opportunity to thank you so much for listening because you are the vehicle that drive my heart. Oh my gosh, I hope everything's been going good for you guys. Hope you guys are as beautiful as I feel right now. I'm just excited to have this fucking episode done. <laughs> Y'all don't understand. Oh my gosh. Um, we'll get to why in the next episode. But like I said, I hope it's been a lovely day for you. And if not, I hope it just gets better. Bye bye